How's everyone doing? Let's make some noise, come on. I'm a fun guy. And if you know me, Thanos is my favorite character. You can't get a draw against Trinidad? Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? I don't know, I got no merch. What people ask what Omaha means. No, but I will with your wife. Lillard, long range three, and it's good! Krakowski didn't have the angle, shuts down! Well, here comes a pizza, see it? Highly unnecessary. Hit the post with the shot! Who's the scorer? As far as first two to Madrid! Mari Gladia! <laughs> And good morning, evening, afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the almost world-famous Wide Open Sports Cast. We are recording on Wednesday, August 14th at 8 o'clock in the evening. And once again, you can find us, the Wide Open Sports Cast, on Twitter, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and TuneIn. This is Feds. And I'm Rick. How you well, doing, man? Good, dude. Welcome back to the grind. How's everything been? I'm doing good, man. Did a little traveling. Went up to New Hampshire, then down to Tampa Bay. So it's been a good time. How about you? How's your summer been? It's been good. Um, you know, our apologies to, for us being away for so long. But as Rick said, we've been doing a lot of traveling, going on a lot of adventures. It was funny. I um was in. We're almost in the same area. We were in New England that same weekend together when you had the NASCAR race, and I was in Boston. I took my younger brother to the Liverpool game, so that was pretty fun. And then uh, we saw the NASCAR trucks on our way home down out of the highway, so that was pretty fun. They were on their way to Pocono. Well, no, they they would be going back to uh, they'd be going back to North Carolina from you. Oh, really? If they're going down that way? Well, yeah, because they have a whole week to prepare. And, uh, I mean, these guys, a lot of them probably destroyed their cars in some sort of way, so they need to at least either get those fixed or put in new cars. Who won, who won the race the weekend that you won, that you went? Uh, who won? Was it Denny Hamlin? Oh, very nice. I'm, I passed his truck on the way down from Boston. Um... And if you're wondering why we decided to play Gloria for the uh, opening this week, uh, Rick, you you had the better, at least the experience of hearing about it. So why don't you tell us about how you heard about it, and then I'll go from there. So we had the Stanley Cup in our neighborhood. Uh, well, first off, it was actually Kevin Harvick that won. My bad. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, so I was uh, playing poker at the uh, local bar league and one of the managers came walking up someone asked how he was doing he said good but just getting ready for the stanley cup getting a little nervous so i was like what do you mean stanley cup stanley cup was at triumph in new hope pennsylvania because greg baruby is a local there so that's every, every player and every coach gets their day with the stanley cup so he decided to bring it to triumph new hope now I didn't get to see it because I had to work, but you got to. Uh, once I told all all of our friends, uh, Feds was the only one that went. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I was disappointed that I was the only one who uh, went from our friends group. Obviously, get the, you know you got work and 
Everyone has I, work. We all can't I've be also, as lucky as me. I, I've also summer. I've also seen it uh, multiple times already. So it's so it's so like I mean you've had multiple experiences with it. Yeah, so it wasn't like oh my god, this is my one and only chance. I've had I've had chances before. So if I didn't have a meeting during that time, I probably would have went. But you know, work. So this was my second time actually seeing the Stanley Cup. I went on a family trip to the Hall of Fame when the uh, Devils won in 2000. We, w- we had a trip planned in Niagara Falls when when the Devils won the Stanley Cup in 2000 against the Dallas Stars. That uh, Jason Arnott beautiful goal from Patrick Elias in double overtime in Game Six. We decided to add Toronto to the stop so we could go see the Stanley Cup, and so. When it was in New Hope, they had a little bit of a line. Um, I was the only Devils fan there. It was all Flyers and Blues fans, a few Penguins fans sprinkled here and there. But for those of you that don't know, uh, Greg Berube is also a Flyers legend in our area. Uh, and let's just say he was not too pleased to see me in my Scott Stevens Devils jersey. Not really? He just so so I so I went up whatever I was the only one there in my devil stuff and people were like you know just looking at me and all the Flyers fans were like you had to wear Stevens you had to wear Stevens because obviously here in our uh, local Philadelphia area Flyers fans associate Scott Stevens with the end of Lindros's career which it was um, so. Oh, they were all like, oh, I had to wear Stevens. You had to wear Stevens. I walked up to Peruvia. I said, you know, Coach, congratulations on your win. He said, thank you much. And then he just looked at me and started laughing and shaking his head. And I was like, I know, I know, I know. Because <laughs> I was the only asshole in the bar with the Devils uh, shirt on. It was actually funny. So there was a picture today of a uh, Blues fan chugging out of the Stanley Cup in triumph. Yeah, that made the papers. You do anything else fun uh, this summer? Not much, dude. Other than the Liverpool game, bachelor party in Philadelphia, it's just been, you know, training for another half for another half marathon and keeping myself busy. School starts up in two weeks. God help us all. I go back to being an official adult again. Yeah, I I get that. Yeah, welcome back back to the good life. But not. Yeah, now that we're uh, getting more scheduled, we're able to schedule these in. Uh, we got a brand new NFL season upon us, man. Woo! Can't wait. So probably uh, the the now off off season into preseason trend that is happening are holdouts. So the big two that are holding out are Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott. Now my my question for you is. Who has a better chance of achieving their goal, Zeke Elliott or Melvin Gordon? I, w- I wish I was allowed to say neither. Um, well, obviously you can't. doesn't make it fun. Um, this is a tough question, but I believe that at the end of the day, Zeke will be the one who has his problem sorted. Um, if I had to give the better chance to at least, I personally don't think either of them will, but I think you see the numbers speak for Dallas themselves about their record with and without Zeke and just the overall team, how much Dak's QBR increases significantly, their win record, their yards per game, rushing yards per game, the whole nine yards. 
the Dallas Cowboys are a are they a pretty good team when they have Zeke. Now, I'm not going to be a biased Eagles fan. No, like some of them that I know who are saying the Cowboys are trash this year. They're a good team. But this is not as good of a team when they do not have Zeke. We've seen before what Dak does without him. They had that whole stretch when he got suspended for the six games a few years ago. They were in playoff contention, and then they went like 2-4 and four without him and missed the playoffs the year the uh, Eagles won the Super Bowl. And this is the reason why... I believe that Zeke is going to get his goals more than Melvin Gordon. It's because a lot of talk in Dallas is that this team should be a Super Bowl contender this year. Um, They were division champions last year, division champions two of the last three years. And it is very apparent that this team needs Zeke to be successful. We've seen it multiple times before, whether he's been out through his suspensions, that this team needs him. If they are serious about challenging Philadelphia for the NFC East this year, and not only that, their ultimate goal of winning the Super Bowl. So I think from him holding out, I feel like Dallas has more to lose. Now here's my thing with the Chargers with Melvin Gordon. Name me a certain time period where Melvin Gordon has been out for an extended amount of time. Uh, well, last year... Um... Like right, right, right as they went away, uh, right as they went away for their European trip. He didn't play in the European trip in the game. I don't think the game after. I think he was out twice last year, and then the year before that he was also injured. So he has become very injury prone, if that's what you mean. Right, but what would you say? How would you say the Chargers are not having him? Like, how would you compare the Chargers to not having Melvin Gordon? I I'd still say they're a decent team. I mean, that's thanks to that they, they have one of the better QBs in the league, which is Philip Rivers. Um, so if comparing, contrasting, who I who is it who would be more desperate to pay? Which owner would be more desperate to pay? I'd be going with Zeke. But Melvin Gordon, he is good. He is obviously someone that most years has been up on the top of fantasy charts because he'll get you points. Um, but this year he has definitely dropped in this holdout. He's dropped a little bit more off those charts. So he's probably like a second, third round pick now, but when he's in, he is good. So you just got to hope he stays healthy. It's like him and him, JJ Watt and Greg Olson. They're they're Those are three, three big guys that are expected to be injured at some point during the year because just of their history, right? Especially. So, I I would still want him in my backfield, but if you're paying him, you better hope he stays healthy. Which is why I think that that's another reason why I think Zeke. Well, I'm gonna take that back because I would say Zeke Zeke has been injury prone. He's been stupid prone, as in getting himself in trouble off the field. I mean, he he wasn't punished. This year, but he did have an altercation at EDC Las Vegas this summer, and it was yet another offseason that in the Cowboy camp was dominated by Zeke's stupidity off the field. But I feel like at the end of the day, though, you can take, you know, like with this, like it wasn't like he got in serious trouble for the thing that happened in EDC Vegas. Yeah, he had the suspension last year, but Zeke otherwise is pretty healthy and productive. And when you look at the Chargers, the Chargers still push the Chiefs all the way to the end of the season without Melvin Gordon for a few games, where 
again, it's pretty well known Dallas needs Zeke. You said Phillip Rivers is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Would you consider Dak Prescott one of the best quarterbacks in the league? He would be in my top 20. He wants to be paid like it, but he is definitely not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL where Phillip Rivers arguably is. So that's why I feel like Dallas is going to be more desperate for Zeke because of the fact that Dak needs him in order to be successful. Phillip Rivers, you can find ways to make it work because he is a very talented quarterback given he hasn't been able to beat Brady yet, but he is at least going to get not you Not many in a people run. have. Yeah, not many people have. Uh, there's a certain guy in Jacksonville, number seven, who has. A uh, pretty good fellow, in my opinion. But um, back to the case and point here, I do believe that they're going to be more desperate to pay Zeke. And Zeke, even though I, I truly don't think neither of them will. Because the Cowboys have said multiple, multiple times, we are not here to be market trendsetters. You know, Zeke wants a huge new contract. Dak wants a huge new contract. If they're going to give the two of them the contracts, that means Amari Cooper is probably going to be the odd man out here and he's going to have to leave. And also, Dallas has a very talented young core defense that if they give these huge deals, the $40 million to Dak and gives all this money to Zeke, they're probably going to lose a few of those players. So Dallas, I think, is doing the right approach of, of a being like, look, we want to keep the core of this team together. We're not going to be trendsetters in the market. But they're taking that at the risk that if you're not the trendsetter in the market with Ezekiel Elliott, you're, you could be damaging your chances for competing with Philadelphia for the division this year. Um, who do you think's more likely to get their payday out of the two? Oh, between Zeke and Dak? Uh, Zeke and Melvin Gordon. Oh, I, I, I said Zeke as well. I, uh, I mean, kind of rehash what you said. Um, they're a way better team with him on there. He's definitely not saying that Gordon is not a key key component to the Chargers offense. It just a lot more revolves around Zeke right at the moment. And the only the only thing the only reason why uh Jerry Jones won't pay him and debatably yes, debatably no, it is it like it's a good thought. That he's just such a problems. Like he just causes so many problems at this point in his career, which he's been in pro he's been in trouble ever since he joined the league and he's missed is he going on probably ten games? Yes, has to be something around that. Has to be. Missing ten games, healthy missing ten games, not injured missing ten games. I mean, you wouldn't want that either, but that's more, that should be more of an understanding than being healthy and missing ten games because of your stupidity. Now, I I think he will. I like right at the last second. I feel like Jerry Jones is going to do that. They're going to sign Zeke. And they're gonna Marshall Falk it all all the way all the way to the Super Bowl, like the two thousand Rams did after Marshall Falk's holdout. Do you think Dallas is a Super Bowl contender with Zeke? With Zeke, yeah. I and mean, they're, I could see I, it. They're definitely talented. They're, they're, I think they're more talented than a lot of people are giving them credit for. I think they're the. In my opinion, you're not gonna like this, but I think they're probably the most overall talented team in the NFC East. 
Well, I, I know exactly why you're going with that, because of um, secondary depth. Yeah, the, well, yeah, they have secondary depth. They have a better defense. Their offense, it is not the, it's not the best offense in the NFC East. That's definitely going to the Eagles right at this moment. And, but I, I just feel like their defense will be able to hold that offense. At, with they have many players coming back. Van Noy is has turned out to be an incredible linebacker, the new Lee for them, but in the middle of the uh, linebacking core there. So. I, I, I feel like it's way more solid, and especially if they have Zeke. I think Zeke only had one. I mean, he's had bad rushing weeks, but his worst one was against the Broncos two years ago. Besides that, he's been stellar. Once he's on the field, most most of the time he's stellar. Something, so, something about that uh, Ohio State blood. And getting yourself in trouble, am I right? Did you um you see that that Ohio State has filed to trademark the in the Ohio State? Yeah, I mean it's not gonna really affect anything I do, so whatever. Well, today Michigan responded by saying that they're going to be trading trademarking the of of um University of Michigan. I it's it's just stupid Twitter it, battles. It, it, it is. It's 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 nothing but. It's nothing but a little banter, that's all. Um, so, now from the holdouts from players off the field, let's get into some players that are going to be on the field, maybe. Um, Antonio Brown and his fight for his new helmet. Um, he lost his arbitration. The NFL, obviously, is putting in new helmets. It's, it's actually the fight for his old helmet. Right. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, the fight for his old helmet. Well, now apparently I saw today he wants to design a new helmet and offer it as a choice to the NFL. I mean, how long do they have to approve a helmet? I feel like that's a long process. Yeah, like testing. You know, you're not just going to be like, okay, yeah, that helmet's um, um, fine. Uh, unless unless what, what he's trying to do is like, Listen, I will deal with this new helmet, but for next year, I want to be part of the process into de- designing my own helmet to be just as safe, if not safer, than these helmets. If he's doing that, then I think that's a smart idea by him. I mean, if you're able to design, like, get a form-fitting helmet to design specifically to your head and be safer, I mean, that, that doesn't sound like a ridiculous idea to me at all. No, especially I think over a year. I think it's more. I think the the problem that I have with this is one. He's he's starting off the season with two controversies: the helmet and he the frostbite on his feet. The frostbite on his feet. Did you watch Hard Knocks last night? I missed it. So in episode two, they do. I mean, there's there's Instagram pictures on it, but in Hard, Hard Knocks episode two, at the beginning of the episode, they they do like a live show of what his feet look like and what and what he what he said he had to go through man it, it sounds disgusting i don't think it's his fault um i don't know the whole story but from my understanding he was put into like that those cryo chamber things to help recover your muscles mm-hmm. so pretty much what it does is freezes your muscles uh but for some reason in this one it, i guess it targeted his feet which is one of the most important parts of a wide receiver, which really sucks for him. But so, part of his feet, as soon as he got out, he said his feet were burning. 
Next day, they're all swollen. So, And this is in France. He's doing like these exercises in France. Uh, his feet get out. They're all swollen. And I, I guess literally uh, like it's, they started oozing up. So they literally had to like pop, pop a bubble, pop the bubbles on his feet and release the goo, whatever that would be. Yeah. And so now it's just it's just like a bunch of dead loose skin like a blister would be. So it's just he has giant blisters on the bottom of his feet, which sounds like one of the more crazy injuries you'd hear about in the past few years. Easily. Yeah. So the thing that I I have the issue with AB is the issue with his feet. And secondly, the, the players knew about certain helmets that were going to be disbarred. So... How does this guy? How does this guy not have a contingency plan to start training with these helmets even before the season starts and using them, seeing which one he likes the best, knowing that he'll have to get used to this? And I just don't like the fact that, like, the season hasn't even started and he has two separate controversies. I mean, I'm sure he's he's going to be an amazing wide receiver. But it's it seems very childish and almost like he's starting to look weak in a way. Right. Not not because of the injury. The injury I, I feel like that's I'm not I don't think that was a, a problem on his behalf. I I think that that's not where he's looking weak. He's work, looking weak mentally. He's seeming very princessy. Like he if anything Anything slight changes, he goes and threatens retirement. I mean, it almost sounds like it's been a thing since he's left the Steelers. Because even like you saw the second that he left the Steelers, is you know they had the whole beef with Juju and everything came out of nowhere. It was it was before he left the Steelers. He didn't play Week Seventeen. Yeah, and he was healthy. Yeah, no. So it's it's definitely you know been a huge. Thing lately, say I guess drama-filled wide receivers, if you want to call it that. But yeah, I just don't. Okay, he's very, very talented, and when he plays, he's, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the game. You know, he's very, very hard to guard, and it's just, it's a shame that all of a sudden he's getting like this to, you know, like opinion about himself. Like, do you, do, would you agree with saying that? Like, he's almost becoming like a. You know, just more about the drama in the off-field than the actual on-field play, which is pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he's amazing on on the field. Like, I, I'm not, I would never take that away from him. It's just the off-the-field stuff. I mean, not, it, it's not as bad as what Zeke is doing, but it's just drawing attention to yourself when you don't need that attention. Now, he, he is a player that deserves attention, but not in this way. So I, 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 I have no, I have no problem with doing all your social media stuff and like personal branding. It's so huge in today's environment with celebrities and athletes. But when you're pulling this stuff that out of nowhere, it seems like, especially the helmet thing, like, give me a break, man. You're a professional athlete and you're going to do this. I, it seems pretty stupid to me. Yeah, I, I would 
I, I would back you on that. It's, I mean, it's it's something for the betterment of the players. You know, you've obviously you've had the study with the CTE and everything that's been coming out. It's it's meant to be a safety thing. Um, you got to wonder too if it's just HBO needing the drama for uh, Hard Knocks. Am I right? I mean. I think one of our friends said this last week. Like the first episode of Hard Knocks was kind of disappointing. The second episode wasn't really that great either. Which is I, weird because a lot of people are expecting fireworks with the Raiders. Oh, I, 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 I think John Gruden is kind of like one of the more fun people to watch. So I'm, I get why he's acting all professional because obviously he's a head coach, but it seems like. It's fallen. Hard Knocks has fallen off the cliff for me ever since the uh, Houston. After after the Houston Texans, Hard Knocks, which was, in my opinion, one of the best ones, it's kind of just like falling off the cliff. It's still nice to watch, but it's just not as good as it used to be. Have you ever watched uh, All or Nothing on Amazon Prime? No, I wanted to get into that because I watch uh, Mr. Robot on Amazon Prime. I've been catching up on that. So when I log on to it, I see all or nothing. You, you were raving about that the other night. Yeah, I mean, uh, the last last one, what they what they did was they do the, uh, the previous season with the team. So it's Amazon with NFL Films, and it's very well done. I, th- I think – they could draw it out a little bit more because they're half hour episodes. And there's like eight episodes in the season. I think they can actually draw it out more and like get more information in there. And see now, Are I they- think all or nothing is not just a football show because to uh, the last season of all or nothing was with Manchester city and their record setting the, when they went to Centurions and won a hundred points and won the premier league, because that was the first original all or nothing. So I wonder if this is going to be a thing where they're just going to go around to different sports. Cause I saw it's the Panthers, but I know for a fact that the first season of all or nothing was with Manchester city in the premier league. Yeah. So they did one with Manchester city. They also did one with, uh, uh, Michigan. Hail to those victors, baby. Yeah, I'm surprised since you're a Michigan guy that you didn't watch that. No, I'm actually that, that's going to have to add that onto my list. I mean, I know it ends. It was with from us a few losing. years ago. I know it, it ends with us ago. losing to Ohio State. So, <laughs> well, I think it was from a few years ago. Yeah, I'll have to go check that out. Um, and then lastly for the NFL, obviously, what's a uh, what's a preseason without some quarterback talk? Um. Three rookie quarterbacks everyone's keeping their eye on. Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, and Dwayne Haskins. Now, a a lot of people raving over Daniel Jones saying that he had the best start. He went 5-for-5 against the Jets. uh, Threw a touchdown in there and their win in the Snoopy Bowl. Um, You think Daniel Jones is for real? Because a lot of people are going off after his 5-for-5 start in week one of the preseason. Uh well, well it's a couple things. One, uh, I think obviously the Giants made a made a bad time to make that pick because they could have made that pick in the second round and got whoever they wanted in the first round and saved that pick for the second round. Two, um, I I'm not on the hype train yet. It's he went five for five and it was a very clean drive. I don't know if I don't know if you watched it, 
but I mean, every, like everything went right. So not to say that it's, that's a bad thing. I think he definitely was good, was a good, uh, general out there leading the troops down the field. But I'm going to need to see a little bit more before I start going like Daniel Jones is the next Manning type yeah, you, thing. You can't judge off of one drive in the preseason against the Jets' backup defense. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, it's impressive. You know, you go out there for your first drive and you do you. That's awesome. But again, you're in week one of the preseason. Obviously, sometimes you can't even tell things until the regular season starts you can go off in week three preseason when all the starters generally play a half but you're not gonna be able to tell the full story about that um how long do you think it is until he starts because today uh the giants uh front office came out and said that the ideal goal would be eli manning plays this entire season um i think that's i think that's the better option for right now um Am I saying the Giants should go away and throw away the whole season with Eli Manning? I'm, now, it may not be a throwaway season, but I think it would be better for Daniel Jones right at the moment to get some experience behind the clipboard and watching Eli Manning because I I know Eli Manning is not the Eli Manning of yesteryear, but he's still a good quarterback, and it seems like they've made right decisions to help protect the QB back there, and then they've, they have solid options – for wide receivers now, and of course you have Saquon Barkley to check down to. So, do I think they're screwed? No, I don't think they're screwed. Uh, do I think it's a good decision to keep Daniel Jones on the bench? Uh, yes, as long as you have to. Um, and I, I, I don't see why they wouldn't keep Eli Manning in. Yeah, I mean... I agree with you there saying that like they're not as screwed as people think. I, I think they're going to be a modest 5-11, and 6-10. and 10. Some people are calling them one of the worst teams in the league. I definitely think that there's you have the Dolphins, the Cardinals. You, ha- you got some teams that are definitely going to be higher candidates for a worse record than that. Um, and you have Saquon. Obviously, their wide receiver core is banged up right now. But I don't think they're going to be in that bad of a spot as people think. I do think Eli will play this season out, unless, of course, you have where the uh, New York media and contingency blows up and forces the Giants into another decision. God knows what Gittleman's doing yeah. up at the yeah. top. You know, that, like that, that could totally happen again, where like when Eli got sat and the fan base demanded he played, and then they put him back in again. Well, I mean, that that was because they, they ruined his Iron Man streak. Yeah. But but I I also agree that that I mean one that should never happened. Uh, two, I mean Eli Manning is still a good option. You still got to go with him. You still you, you still he's still your horse. Still your horse until he needs to go off to the glue factory. Yeah, you, there's I could name a lot more options that are worse off in the NFL than Eli Manning. <laughs> Like, to be completely fair, do I like Eli? I mean, no, of course he's a divisional rival, but I respect him. And I I think that, you know, people give him a bad rep, but there's definitely a, a lot of options out there that are worse than Eli Manning. And I think Giants fans, you know, make sure that you take that into consideration. I mean, you could have Nate Peterman, or uh, it's a guy called Geno Smith, who I learned is still in the NFL, well, believe it or not. Do you know what Nate Peterman? He, he's on Rick. Uh, no, Geno Smith. 
Well, I was going to say Nate Peterman uh, was uh, a big uh, person on episode two to Hard Knocks. But uh, what team is he on? Is he on the Titans? No. West Coast. West Coast? Yes. Hmm. Seattle? He's on the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. I saw him in preseason the other night. I mean, for a backup quarterback, I mean, there's there's worse options. I mean, as long as if he can get ever get his shit together, that's the thing. Yeah, which hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, Dwayne Haskins, uh, Dwayne Haskins coming in. Obviously, Giants fans were pretty pissed off at their front office for passing up on him with that move. Um, Dwayne Haskins was obviously still available, but the Giants took Daniel Jones. Thinking that Dwayne ha- the thinking that Daniel Jones wasn't going to be available later on, so that's basically going to be Daniel Jones's benchmark for this season. Is how does he compare to Dwayne Haskins? And you, you're definitely going to say Daniel Jones won uh, week one of the preseason. What'd you make of Dwayne Haskins in his debut? Uh, what I make of Dwayne ha- uh, Haskins' debut is one he was up against a hard defense. Um, not saying that the Jets are not a hard defense to face, but I feel like the Cleveland Browns are a better defense to face, especially week one in preseason. Um, so he had, he had that against them. He played, he did play longer. Um, but he, he also looked a little lost. Like, I don't know if it was just him having to be rushed out of the pocket a lot. He's supposed to be a mobile quarterback. So you should think of him being comfortable moving outside the pocket. It it was not the best first impression, but I'm not I'm not saying let's let's throw the book at this idea of Dwayne Haskins just yet. Cause he he definitely has the athletic skills, the potential to become a a solid starting quarterback in the league. So I'm I'm not say, I'm not I'm definitely saying yeah Daniel Jones definitely looked better for the one drive that he was in. But I, I'm, I'm going to say it wasn't it wasn't the absolute worst thing that can happen. Like you said, it could have been Nate Peterman during the regular season, not even preseason during the regular season. So you don't know how long that's gonna if he's gonna be so turnover prone with that he was sacked a couple, like once or twice and turned over twice. So. He just needs to get better ball control. So let's see how that works out for him. Yeah, I, I don't think there's much of a reason to threat with him yet because I do believe, you know, like you said, it's early on. You are facing the Browns. The Browns do have a pretty talented defense to go with their new uh, superpower offense as well. So I don't think there's as much of a need to threat yet. He's a proven winner. I mean... His record in college was absolutely insane. He's a proven winner with Ohio State. So I do think that there is a lot of room for him to grow, and I, I, I'm confident that he'll be all right. I mean, the Redskins just need to find an answer at quarterback. They've just been absolutely unlucky with you got the uh, Case Keenum injury, and then they they just they can't seem to find just a steady quarterback right now, but... I mean, he's making the right move with starting young, and who knows what he could prove. Uh, and then lastly, probably the most hyped quarterback that we're going to be watching to wrap up our football talk is going to be Kyler Murray. Uh, what would you think of his debut in Arizona? 
Um, that I mean, he he worries me more because isn't he supposed to be the starting quarterback? Yes, he is going to be starting. That's why they uh traded Josh Rosen away so that way he could start. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say it was okay. Definitely was not the uh, the best start for someone that is potentially a starter this year, or definitely is going to be. But he had some highlights during that game, and he is a he is another mobile quarterback, and he showed how mobile he could be by making a couple big runs there. So. I think he is in a better position to succeed right now than I would say Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would say Daniel Jones. I don't mean this as an insult. Daniel Jones needs to be on the bench for a while and succeed there before he succeeds on the field. I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, that's, that should be the proper thing they do. Kyler Murray, they're going to start him. He needs to perform a little bit better, but he's also, Kind of a rough, rough spot down in Arizona uh, with a brand new offense. So, well, maybe not not maybe not maybe too brand new, now that I think about it. But it's still a new, new team, so he, he, he needs to adapt fast to that. And definitely compared to some of these other teams, not as much of a talented roster to work with. Yeah. I mean, you do have David Johnson, if he could stay on the field. That's a big you, and- if. Yeah, I mean, you have David Johnson, and you you also have Larry Fitzgerald still, at least for one more year. So if both those guys can stay healthy, then you have two solid options there. But I don't know the likelihood, especially for David Johnson, I don't know the likelihood of him staying healthy at this moment. Well, we will see. Uh, Rick, the NFL season will be dawning upon us shortly. Cannot yeah. wait for some NFL to be back, dude. It's been way too long. Yeah, man, I'm ex- I'm excited. So, um, obviously, sports are heating up. We've got football is coming back. We got the Premier League's back. Um, we're slowly, slowly getting towards October, which means that the MLB postseason will be here soon enough. Um, Rick, let's jump into some of the MLB postseason picture at this very moment. How about those Mets, my friend? Yeah, man. Whoever thought the Mets would be in the playoff picture at this time of the year pre-All-Star break? I mean, when you go on a, I think it's like a pretty much a 15-game run out of 17 games. When 15 out of 17 games, I think it was. Yeah. And... All right, we're able to perform like that. I mean, that's that's incredible. Now they did lose their last two, so I don't know where that's gonna head from there. But still in the picture, we're facing the Braves. So I mean, if we get get at least two wins from them, then we'll be good. But I I am still expecting to be disappointed just because I'm a Mets fan. Oh, don't don't think like that, Rick. I mean. I, you, I I don't know. My This is my thing with the uh, wild card races. So we'll, we'll look at the wild cards uh, first. Um, I think with the NL, it's just too tight. The amount of teams competing for that NL wild card spot right now are absolutely insane. You have 
Whoever's not winning the NL Central, so that's a combo of could be on any given day, the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Cardinals. You have virtually the whole NL East that's not the Marlins, so you've got the, you've got the Braves on top of the division safely, so they'll be followed by, you have the Phillies fighting for that wild card spot, the Nationals, and the Mets, so that makes five teams currently fighting for it, and the Diamondbacks are starting to make their way back into it, so that's that's six teams fighting for two spots, and that's not including that some of these teams are still alive for the division. Obviously, you know, the Nationals, the Phillies, and the Mets virtually are in reaching distance of the Braves. The Cubs, the Brewers, and the Cardinals, it looks like every week you check the standings, there's a new leader in front. I just think with the NL, it's too crowded. And I know that we've talked about this before. My only fear with the Mets is what if their hot streak was now? Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's that's the thing that I'm thinking is we we won so many games in a row. It's still possible. I don't know if it's going to be able to we're going to be able to achieve it, especially facing the Braves. I know I just said that we need to win two of these games, but do I find that likely? Not really. Uh, and and plus, there are five. There are seven teams. I mean, San Francisco is four games out, which is probably the most realistic. Of teams getting in right now. San Diego's, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Cincinnati is seven games out. So I don't think they're getting in. San Francisco is might be a late bloomer. So we could see if it happens. I, I, I'm always a believer in St. Louis finding a way to get into the playoffs. Even though they don't every year. Like They just seem like a very solid team to get in. I, I'm shocked how poorly Milwaukee has turned out this year. Yes. Um, Milwaukee started out like, I mean, similar to the Mets, I guess, but started out like a rocket ship. But instead of sinking like the Mets, they stayed up there for a while. Now they're starting to sink, and they're a game out of the wild card race right now. So it it is quite surprising. It's quite fun. It's nice when your team has is potential to be in the wild card race. So it's quite fun watching it right now, but like I said, I think the Mets are out. I'm I th- I think Atlanta is definitely gonna win the division. I think the divisions are pretty much set with the Cubs and L.A. Especially L.A. I'm, L.A. I think is already locked. Yeah. Um, Cubs. I don't I don't see them falling out. Although they could, considering St. Louis and Milwaukee are right there, but I just feel like. The I think that's going to stay standard. It's going to be a battle to the end for these final seven teams. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to agree and say the divisions. I'm going to go the Cubs, the Dodgers, and the Braves. And then I'm probably going to take the Nationals and the Cardinals as the, uh, the two So you just want it to stay what it is right now? Yeah, I think, I think that that's ultimately what it's going to be. The Nationals have you know the top pitching out of that whole series. I mean, honestly, if you want me to be honest, I would really, really like to see the Mets get in. You know, my brother, my dad are Mets fans. You like the Mets. There's, you know, a lot of our friends are Mets fans. I I would really enjoy to see the Mets get in. But like you said, you have to worry if their hot streak came just too soon. I mean, they've definitely earned their spot in the conversation, which is awesome. But I just think it's too crowded. The Nationals have the best rotation 
out of that group. And it's like you said, the Cardinals always find a way to get in. There's one of those teams that you can just always count on. And now at the AL wild card, ugh, disgusting. Um, you're pretty much sitting at the Rays are going to make it. I think the AL wild card is going to come down to the Rays, the Athletics, and then either the Twins or the Indians. The Whoever doesn't win the AL Central, Boston's done. They they pissed me off. I have seven and a half back. They won today. But here's, here is the stat I'm going to give you all right now that sums up the Boston Red Sox season this year. Rick, what do you think the Red Sox winning percentage is for a starting pitcher not named Price or Sale? What's the what's the Red Sox winning percentage? Uh, maybe like thirty percent of the time. No, they're actually at like sixty percent. Their their winning percentage is like a point six three zero when pitchers not named uh, Price or Sale are starting. So if you're telling me that's that. You're you're projecting that the Red Sox are well on track for another 100 win season in the AL East title, right? Right. Their win percentage with sale and price is hovering just above a .30. Hmm. So they're winning 30 percent of the games that sale and price are starting, but they're winning 60 percent of the games that they're not starting. Sounds like a fun team. Their their bullpen is atrocious. Let's, yeah, they they, they definitely. I, I was very surprised, and I was honestly displeased when Dombrowski just said, "Yeah, we're not making moves at the trade deadline. We're not catching the Yankees." That's very unlike him, and it's not like Boston just to admit defeat. I mean, granted, the Yankees are doing this year what we did last year. Um, it's literally a vice versa difference. Last year, the Yankees were 500 against the Orioles in last place. We dropped one game to the Orioles. The Yankees won every game in Camden Yards this year against them. And, like, same position, have only lost one game against the Orioles. The Red Sox are a 500 team against the Orioles. And that's the difference. Except instead of being six and a half back, we were 16 and a half back because our bullpen sucks ass. And sale and price haven't gotten the job done this year. Um, so I think that the AL, the Rays are definitely going to lock up one of the wild card spots. And then I think the, whoever the loser of the AL Central is going to be, who, who are you going to give the AL Central to? Are you going to give it to the Indians or the Twins? Uh, I'm going to say the Indians. Um, I think that's, I think both teams are getting in, but I would say the Indians, um, I, I just I just feel like overall they're a I mean Minnesota has been a surprise this year if if I'm not wrong they've been a surprise they weren't supposed to be they're supposed to be pretty good not this good uh, with 72 wins at this point in the season so I I don't I just don't see it with the Twins making it far so that's why I'm giving it to the Cleveland Indians to be the third team in the division race. And I feel like the Indians are just so hot right now. They're just coming on hot right behind the Twins. Because the Twins, for a while, were the hottest team in baseball. to have, you know, more home runs than, like, any baseball team in, like, any season ever at this point. Um, but I feel like the Indians, you have to give it to the hot hand. It's Baseball, it's all about getting hot at the right time, my friend. And, you know, I, I hope for your sake 
you know, the Mets haven't completely cooled off and that they're going to continue on uh, making a run. Are there any other teams besides Boston that you would declare they're kind of close with the playoff race, but that realistically it's already over? As, as a good friend of mine would say, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. Well, I mean, obviously Oakland's in fourth right now. Uh, I mean, not in fourth, but just outside two games back. The Oakland has been pretty solid. I, I can see them beating getting beating Tampa Bay to get in. Um, yeah, I I don't I just I feel like I'm giving the nod to the Rays. I feel like the Rays have been consistently good this year. I I could see the A's getting in, but I'm still gonna give that nod to uh Tampa Bay. I I feel like you and I were correct in that preseason prediction that the Rays were gonna be a strong team this year, and a lot of people called that as well. Um, I'm still giving it to the Rays. I think it's it's pretty much set there. The NL is very, very crowded, and you can have seven, eight teams fighting for a, those two wildcard spots. The AL is coming down to the Rays, the Athletics, and then Twins or the Indians. I'm not even going to waste my breath and say that Boston is a wildcard contender. Which kill, kills to say, but... good. This might be the first time in podcast history that I'm not showing my bias. <laughs> uh, that's not true. Yeah, I know. I just, I just had to throw that out there. It's, it's, it's unlikely. It's, I, I mean, come on. It's unlikely you lie. Why are you lying right now? Uh, yeah. I mean, dude, like, look, I'm a Red Sox fan. 2004 ALCS says enough. Red Sox fans never say die, but it's either your year. Or it's not your year. It's not our year. It comes down to that, just simply. It is It is absolutely not our year. And, you know, hopefully we make the moves in the offseason. You know, I saw a ridiculous rumor we're going to trade Mookie Betts in the winter. I don't think that's ridiculous. I'm, I would be so angry. I love him, but why? I, would, I would see why you we got, would You got him. the good out of him. You got the good out of him. He's not a, he's not as good as he was a couple years ago. He wasn't as good as last year. Definitely not as good as the year before that. Actually, no, last year was his best year. Yeah, well, last year, year he won MVP. Yeah, but he's he was still good the last two years. Uh, he isn't as good this year. I think you got to get out of him. It's a good time to trade him because there are some foolish teams out there that will take him. We almost traded Ben Benintendi. There's rumors that we were going to move Ben Benintendi to the Mets. Yeah, there was many rumors. I mean, well, the... the the Mets tried to move Noah Syndergaard for like the billionth time and weren't able to move him because we wanted to bolster up our bullpen. And then we ended up with another starting pitcher in Stroman. So, yeah, I, that going for us. Yeah, I think I remember I was sitting in Buffalo Wild Wings and everyone saw that you guys got Stroman and it was like, all right, Stroman for Syndergaard. And it was like, no, Syndergaard's saying And everyone was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. I wasn't there. Yeah, that was uh, after we were uh, moving one of our buddies. I think that I think that was the weekend that you were in Tampa. Yeah. Again, um, you lied. Again, you lied. I wasn't there. Why are you lying so much tonight? Uh, I don't know. I guess getting back into the groove of things again. <laughs> right. Um, but um, so, Rick, let's finish up this week. We got a few minutes left here. The NBA schedule is out. Um, obviously, by now, you all know where everyone is. Um, we've had all of the big moves already in the NBA free Where's agency. Jeremy Lin? Jeremy Where's... Lin 
Did he get signed anywhere? Because I know he was crying about a week and a half ago. Jeremy Lin is currently nowhere. Yeah. Apparently, he is maybe looking at going to China, but uh, his last team was the Raptors. I mean, that, that makes sense. Like, he can re- reform his craft there and come back. Lin Sanity, dude. It, it even, you even go on his uh, Wikipedia, and it says he unexpectedly went, led a winning turnaround the New York Knicks in 2012, creating the global craze known as Lin Sanity. I mean... When you get hot for one day, you become a you become news for years. So I, I get that. Hot, he didn't become hot for a day. He became hot for like two, three weeks. Well, yeah, true. But everyone remembers that specific time, but oh, yeah, mostly. Dude, that was wild. I, I, I remember we were watching uh, a few of his games. I think we had a Sig F conference up in Connecticut, and we were watching – one of the Knicks games where he had like one of his like four game winning shots in that whole streak. Like that was insane. Um, mm-hmm. But we've got the NBA schedule out. Uh, I marked a few games here. We got opening night Lakers, Clippers and Pelicans and Celtics. Um, obviously you got a real good showdown going on there. The Lakers, Clippers, a new revived battle of LA. You have LeBron and AD against Kawhi and Paul George. I think that that's going to be an awesome showdown. They're also seeing each other on Christmas as well. And what honestly, in my opinion, was a disappointing uh, Christmas Day schedule this year for the NBA. Um, I Well, I, I think they lost ratings the past couple of years. So we've got, we got Boston-Toronto at 12, Milwaukee-Philadelphia at 2.30. The Rockets and Warriors is a good game at 5, and then at 8, obviously. Clippers Lakers. That's going to be the primetime game on Christmas night, and then you have New Orleans versus Denver. I I definitely think that this has dropped off a little bit. Um, I I don't know. I, I know that they're forcing the Zion issue here. I would have liked to see Pelicans Knicks on Christmas Day. Zion versus RJ. I feel like that would have been a better matchup. Because I feel like the Knicks usually end up playing on Christmas Day as well. Well, no, you don't. You don't want a shit team on prime time. Yeah, but I mean, even who knows if the Pelicans are going to be good? You know, I think the Pelicans are definitely going to be a little bit better than the Knicks. A little is is a little too little for what I'm saying. They're going to be a lot better than the Knicks. Yeah, but also to be fair though, the Knicks have been on Christmas for what? How many years in a row now? It seems and. When was the last time they were good? The 80s. <laughs> yeah, and besides what? Maybe that, that one run in 97 when they lost to the Spurs? Yeah, that's not a lot going on there. Well, the reason why they've been on Christmas Day is because for some reason they still have a huge fan base. Oh, yeah. The, 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 Knicks, can be, the Knicks can win 10 games, go 10 and 72, and they'll still sell out every single game. Like that, That's not even a question. Yeah, so, I mean, that's. I don't think it's... I, I understand why they've been on it. I also understand why they're not on it this year is because, I mean, other markets are growing exponentially. I wouldn't really say markets anymore. It's most of, most of it's like people following players, which I find more. That's kind of what I do. Even though I say I'm a Kings fan, I kind of just follow players now. Yeah. Because generally that's who the team is. 
is either a big player or a big three players on a team. So, oh, so speaking speaking of uh, big players, what do you think about uh, Green getting a max contract? I'm Draymond. not. I'm not surprised at all. I'm really not. Um, he shows up when they need him to. You know, the regular season, most of his games, he was averaging single single digits in all three categories. But then how many times do you see he's out of nowhere pulling off triple doubles in the playoffs? Yeah. You and know. I think he was like he was like the first player uh, to get a triple double uh, since like the 70s that wasn't you know, with one of the stat lines not being a scoring triple double, not points. Yeah, like he... I see why they had to do it because he's gonna get the job done for you when it counts. No, I, I, I don't. I, I agree and both disagree. But next year they're gonna have a problem in paying players, and they they have no depth anymore. Oh yeah, but I dude, that was a problem that was coming for a long time. They just they drafted that team so well that it was only gonna be a matter of time until all those players had to get paid. You know. Like you know, look at that team. Steph drafted, Clay drafted, Draymond drafted. Their only and real it, signing was KD. And if you really think about it, if you go back a few more a few more years, the Super Sox through the Thunder did that, but unfortunately, they did it at the like a couple years too early because of the increase in salaries after the big TV contract. Right. You remember that. Yes. That's that's pretty much the only reason why they weren't able to stay together, it was because uh, Harden deserved a big pay. But when they asked him once again to to sacrifice something for the team, he was like, "You know what? Screw this. I I deserve to be a starter somewhere." So that's why he got traded to the Rockets. Durant, if he stayed, I mean, would he have won that championship? I don't I don't know, but. I mean, he, he, he had to make the change somehow. And then Westbrook finally had to get the hell out of Dodge and ended up with Harden down with the Rockets, which, in my opinion, their glory days are pretty much behind them. So they got, instead of 95 players, they got 85 overall players between the two of them. Yeah, I, I would agree with that statement. You also have now the two most you know selfish players in the NBA on the same team. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's going to be a very, very interesting uh, combo there. You look at both of those players led the NBA in dribbles per team. Um, you know, I think Harden was number one, Westbrook was two, or vice versa as far as like possession, possessing the ball amongst their own team across the entire league. So that's definitely going to get interesting real fast. Um, some other important dates I'm looking at November 27th will be Kyrie's return to Boston. That should be right. fiery, um, and that's also going to be. F- I, I'm, I'm curious if Boston's going to treat Kyrie, the Boston fans are going to treat Kyrie how the Islanders fans treated Tavares. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can totally I, see Kyrie getting booed in Boston. Totally. Oh, he he's going to get booed, but I mean, it, when, when uh, Tavares came back in for the. For the Toronto Maple Leafs to the Islanders on the Islanders' home ice, he got shit thrown at him. I don't think I don't think it's going to be that bad because, like, 
Kyrie only had like a year or two there, you know, and it's not like, correct me if I'm wrong here, was Tavares drafted by the Islanders? Tavares, yes, Tavares was drafted by the Islanders. So see, so the, that's the, a little bit of a different story. Yeah. Like Kyrie went to the Cavs and then, you know, won a title and then was only with Boston for two years. Like, yeah, he had the whole, you know, I want to stay, I want to have my number retired. He had that whole commercial and everything. But he wasn't a product of the Celtics, where I feel like for Tavares that was worse because he was their not only a product of them, their longtime captain as well, was the best player on that team for years and made them significantly better, where there were stats last year that said Boston was better with arguably without Kyrie at points. No, uh, the reason why the only reason why I'm making this argument is one, I would say he was definitely supposed to be the captain or one of the leaders, at least on this team. Uh, it was. It was said that once this trade was made and they got all these guys to go to Boston, that they were going to win. They're going to be a great team and win a championship. Now, a lot of times that didn't end up because a lot of them were injured, including Kyrie. So I wouldn't put the whole blame on him, but he definitely caused some tension there. Yeah. Is what I, what I mean. And also, I mean, he said he wanted his number retired there. Uh, John Tavares. He 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 want the he would have stayed. He said he would have stayed if they got rid of the coach and general manager. He got rid of the coach and general manager, and he left. So it was a very interesting scenario there. And then, lastly, to wrap up for the week, Rick, this is the last game I'm looking at. Also, on November twenty seventh, LeBron will take on Zion for the first time, past versus present. Well, not password, you know what I mean? Like, old guard versus new yeah. guard. You know, like the Herald, you know, Zion, the next LeBron. I feel like that's going to be very interesting. That game will be taking place in New Orleans. So, LeBron will be visiting Zion. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely an interesting scenario. That would be definitely a fun game. And, obviously, that would be the story arc. If Zion is as good in the NBA as he was in the NCAA – then, yeah, I think we definitely have the next LeBron here. But let's we'll see how the season turns out. It could be an amazing game. It could be a disaster of a game. But that's what makes it interesting. The Nets are once again hammered with a West Coast road trip towards the end of the season. The Nets have to play the Lakers, Clippers, and Warriors in a four-day span on the West Coast. Well, hopefully they're able to beat up on the East Coast this year, so... Yeah, I mean, it's weird. When I was looking at the NBA schedule this year, they moved the primetime games up, so the primetime games aren't going to be 8 and 10.30 anymore. They're going to be either 7 and 9.30 or 7.30 and 10 because of, like, viewership ratings. They want to get the games yeah. earlier. And even some Brooklyn Nets games are at 6.30 now. Well, I people were complaining about this for for the past, I want to say, four or five years. I'd say at some point in the middle of the season, I would turn on like sports news radio and either they'd be talking to themselves, talking to a player or even talking to the commission, the commissioner at some point saying like, Hey, can we move some of these games up? Like a lot of times uh, I use, I listen to uh, mad dog sports radio and a lot of times they, they always get the, they always seem to talk to the commissioner at some point during the season. And Christopher Russo, when he's on there talking to him, every single time he has been on there, like 
Christopher Russo, I mean, he's becoming an old man and wants to go to bed, <laughs> I'm guessing. But he, he's not able to watch like the 10 o'clock games like like he used to. So he's complaining to the commissioner saying like, we want these games earlier. But then you got you to think about it. If, say, the Warriors are on the East Coast and they get a primetime game at 6.30, it's 3.30 California time. So that, that was always the big argument that like people in these in in California are going to either have to skip work or leave work early to watch this game. So that was always the big argument. And but th- I, this is the reason why I could see them moving it up, though. Who is the number one player that everyone wants to watch in the NBA? Uh, I would say it's either LeBron or Durant. So LeBron, right? Let's go with LeBron because assuming Durant's going to be out all year. Let's say, you know, everyone wants to, yeah. want to see LeBron. If you're having all these Lakers primetime games at 1030, 11 o'clock at night, who on the East Coast is watching LeBron? Mm, not many people. I mean, some people are, but not many. Yeah, no, so- I, I, I completely agree with that, but that that's... That is that is the yin to the yang of the argument, though. Yes, no, where, I do agree with what you're saying. Where let's say the Warriors have a seven o'clock game on, you know, say they're playing the Nets. That's four o'clock in California. Everyone's still working. Yeah. So, like, that's that's just the yin yang, and if they're able to pull more yings this way, then they're gonna have to do it this way for longer. Because, I mean, TV ratings are definitely going down for all sports. You know, I uh, I was I was watching ESPN the other day. And I saw a really scary stat. Like I didn't realize like what America is doing. Apparently, eighty-two percent of kids did not sign up for organized sports last year. Well, dude, I believe it. Eighty-two percent of skit kids. Now think of that when about ten years ago. I mean, it's got to be at least 50-50 10 years ago. Now it's like no one is getting into sports, which doesn't sound good for people's health at all. It doesn't sound good for sports. That sounds like kind of like where all these QBs are supposed to be good and none of them are good because the quality of player is not there anymore. It's harder to find people to fill these positions. Oh, dude, I'll totally back that. My, um... My school right now where I'm coaching, we have, you know, like, my school is relatively small, but we have maybe 30% of the school is doing a fall sport. We don't, we're not going to have a single team in fall sports this year at my school that's going to have a JV team. Damn. Because of the lack of kids that are not signed up for sports. Like, it's, it's literally, it's it's almost down to a quarter of the school is doing a fall sport, which is a very scary statistic because now everyone wants to do is sit on their cell phones or they're watching, uh, you know, or whatever the frick his name is, whatever the people winning $3 million on Fortnite. Everyone wants to be them now and just sit inside and play Fortnite all day. Cause it's like, Oh, I can win $3 million that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, that I, that's a little different, but yeah, I agree. I, I honestly hope that's a trend that changes. You know, that's 
you know, obviously my school is an extreme stat. I'm one of, I teach at one of the smallest public high schools in New Jersey, but still the fact that it's, you know, at any school, you take that at any school, but or a quarter of the kids are doing sports. It's a pretty damning statistic that we have to hope changes, right? No, I agree. So kids listening to our podcast, do sports. Yeah. Go outside, do the thing, win the points. Yeah, kick kick the goals. Kick 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 the goals. Throw a, throw a basket. Exactly. Sh- shoot, anyway, that shoot a field anyway, That's the end of our show. <laughs> that that was our that was our our rant on kids get out and play play sports. Anyway, uh, this was our NFL play sixty. Yeah, exactly. Um. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, you have listened to the Wide Open Sportscast. Again, you can find us on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and Twitter at Wide Open Sportscast. And don't forget to find us on Twitter specifically at our Twitter handle at Wide Open underscore Sports. And we were very happy to come back to you guys. Uh, Rick, any signing off thoughts other than kids get out there and play sports? Uh, well, the Braves are up one nothing, so that's not good. Anyway, have oh, well. a good night, everybody. Adios, everyone. This is Feds. I'm Rick. Have a good night, everybody. Let's get fucked up and die. I'm speaking figuratively, of course, like the last time that I committed suicide. Social suicide. Yeah, so I'm already dead. Side